The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. But right now, I want to get to this. We know that there has been a lot of focus on the Edmonton Police Service over the past year and again over the past few weeks. You heard. Sergeant Willett from the uh, Hate Crimes Unit uh, speaking during Eileen's news conference, you know, from the recent attacks on black Muslim women and and how that was handled to the rally at the legislature um, recently and police response to that. And of course, if we go, you know, to that cold snap in February, there are some questions asked and, uh, you know, some folks waiting for answers on how some officers handled a group of unhoused people in a downtown LRT station trying to stay warm during that uh, that freezing cold snap. Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee kicking things off this afternoon. Lots to talk about. Chief, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jalen, and uh, thanks for having me. All right, let's start with this. Let's talk about those uh, those recent attacks, those racially motivated attacks on, on women wearing hijabs. Five cases in the past number of weeks. Uh, do you believe, are we seeing more racially motivated attacks in, in Edmonton? And, and what, is, what is EPS doing about it? Yeah, no, I mean, as uh, we put... Uh uh, Sergeant Willits on uh, Facebook Live. I mean, are these mm-hmm. things of concern? Yes. Uh, you know, whether you have one or ten or five or, you know, the numbers between year to year, I think, or, you know, 60 last year, or, they're consistent year to year. But the reality is it's 2021 and enough's enough. Like, these things aren't acceptable, period. Uh, what we're seeing, some of the trends in relation to some of the things, they're, they're all not um, hate-based. I mean, a lot of them are mental health, but still the severity and the impact that they leave uh, our victims with. So so that's a significant concern. It's a priority for our hate crimes unit to look into these to investigate. There there has been charges laid in some and certainly in others there's there's strong leads. So I mean what we need to do first and foremost is hold those individuals uh, accountable for their actions and then from there is you know we need to get to the community and we need to work with the community because you know these are the ones that we've heard about. How many others are there? We So we want to make sure that we work with our communities to get that information out so we can obviously get this into a proactive phase. I mean, this is uh, some of the things uh, that obviously as a city, uh, as I said before, that uh, they're not acceptable. And, uh, you know, some folks say, you know, COVID-related, economy-related, George Floyd-related, but it doesn't really matter what the reason is. The point is, is to do it. Is it acceptable? So first and foremost is accountability to, to the individuals. But still, the most important thing is to make sure that uh, the victims are feeling safe and that we work with the victims to uh, obviously have regular contact with them to, to uh, get some outcomes in this space. Chief McPhee, we know that uh, last attack there has been some concern raised by the victim. Uh, she says about how the phone call was handled to police. Uh, she said she was discouraged from filing an official report, felt the police response was motivated by her race and religion. We know that there was an audit done on the call and uh, police saying that the evaluator's conduct was professional and empathetic. Have you listened to that call? Was it handled properly? I had the report given to me, so I've had a chance to look at the report and uh, you know, it's how you would want a call handled. Um, that doesn't uh, take away, and we're not trying to obviously um, uh, downplay the individual's uh, feeling in relation to it, but uh, the call was professional. It was empathetic. Uh, that said, as we're working with uh, that individual, um, uh, you know, we don't want to re-victimize uh, the individual as well, but uh, certainly with our legal counsel, if there's a way that 
we can release that. We certainly have no problem because I think we also got to bring, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's uh, actually uh, re- um, the real uh, perspective to this to, to ensure that uh, other victims out there aren't scared to call. So we're working to see if that'll happen. But again, before we'd ever do that, we would obviously want to be working with the victim to ensure um, uh, that we're taking those necessary steps not to re-victimize. And uh, ultimately, we're always looking at these things to see if there's ways that we can be better. Yeah, and Chief, you've mentioned a couple times about working with the victims, uh, the one that we were just talking about, you know, involving the phone call and the, and the other victims. What, what does that look like? Is it offering support, support services? What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, we've... Helping? Yeah, no, we've got... A, we've got uh, uh, a continuum of services. Obviously, we have a full victim services unit within the Edmonton Police Service uh, to ensure that those needs and, you know, that the individual needs uh, connecting to services is part of that. And then, of course, the investigative piece of that, connecting with them to obviously work with them to identify those people responsible and ultimately hold those uh, people accountable. So it's it's not just one individual from the Edmonton Police Service that gets to work with uh, folks that are, that are victims. We have uh, built a fairly robust program in relation to ensuring that uh, we're trying to do everything that we can uh, to look after the victim's needs and obviously get them to a, to a point if it has to go to court that they're ready for court or court but uh, most importantly trying to get them to some place where you know they're not living in fear for you know the balance of their lives or for, for a considerable period of time so those are the things that victim services work on. Chief, I wanted to talk about that uh, that freedom rally, and we heard Sergeant Willis talking about it in the in the newscast with Eileen just a short time ago. Um, I know, you know, initially it was characterized, it was described as a peaceful uh, protest, but we know that um, there were some hate groups that were involved with it, you know, Soldiers of Odin and and a couple of other ones. Um, you had you had mentioned though later in a series of tweets that uh, some officers were injured. Can you can you tell us more about that and? and the status of that. What happened there? That was uh, when officers went into effect an arrest to uh, prevent uh, something from happening. And as they were affecting uh, uh, that arrest, members uh, within the crowd, it appears to be, uh, took exception and started punching our officers, some of them in the head in relation to that. That particular part of this is still under investigation. Obviously, as you heard from Sergeant Willits, we had several members uh, within the crowd there, including our hate crimes unit, but we also had, you know, uh, various different video systems because it's in that uh, area of the courthouse and others uh, looking at that. So if we can identify those individuals, uh, obviously our goal there is to bring them to uh, accountability within the justice system, and that's that's presently ongoing. In relation to the injuries, um, thankfully, they're minor. Uh, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's unacceptable that somebody thinks they can do that. And that's the reason, you know, that I was on the, like we had uh, Sergeant Willits in front and some of the media that I did uh, before, why we put hate crimes investigators, et cetera, in there. Because if, if individuals do cross the line in relation to what that legal threshold, as you heard from Sergeant Willits, our intent is to, to hold them accountable. But, uh, you know, in, in this particular case, uh, we're still investigating that, the potential. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, 
When we talk about legal thresholds when it comes to yeah, um, hate crimes, um, you know, um, you've been quoted and EPS has been quoted saying that, you know, there's been no evidence on earth at this point that a hate crime was committed at that event. We do know that those torches were, were, were pulled out. And I think, you know, you heard Sergeant Willett saying, you know, we know what those mean. And we know that torches have a long history and racist imagery. My gosh, going all the way back to, to Hitler. Um, EPS has said they will continue to, in, to investigate, um, but actions by the protesters had not met the legal threshold to lay charges. I, mean, I guess my question is, and people I think want to know, what then is the threshold when it comes to a hate crime or something like that? Well, I mean, uh, that's what Sergeant Willits was explaining on the on the Facebook Live, and, you know, that's why we let our experts talk in relation to that. But, you know, just to go back a step first of all, you know, I want to be clear that, you know, our personal opinion and EPS personal opinion versus a legal threshold to get somebody to prosecute a charge and hold them accountable with the justice system are two different things. You know, as I said, and I think you've heard me, and, uh, you know, I denounced the Tiki torches and their presence at recent protests, the symbolizing hate and racism. Uh, that's not something in 2021 that's acceptable. And, and certainly I want to be very clear that we denounce that, not only me personally, but as, as a police service. But in relation to intent, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, even there's literature there and we've read a book, uh, you know, and I, and I, when I say that, I, I, I certainly looked at some of the things as well. It doesn't mean somebody walking down the street with a tiki torch in, in a group that we can just automatically start arresting them. And, uh, you know, uh, the intent has to be there. Did they, did they harm anybody? You know, although that's offensive and I agree it's offensive, especially if that's the intent. But that's, those are the things that uh, it's a different legal threshold in relation to it. The way the laws are currently structured now, if that should change, if there's some things that potentially could be looked at uh, through legislation, and I know the federal government uh, has been looking at different things in relation to that, but the way the laws currently stand, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm not the prosecutor, but, uh, you know, our, our goal is to put something that actually has a chance of success. So first and foremost, when we're at those protests, is try to make sure no individuals personally or physically harm each other. But, you know, the right to protest obviously exists, not that we agree with any of the positions of the protesters. I want to be very clear on that. Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee joining me this afternoon. I wanted to, to, to touch on this because, boy, oh, boy, the release came across my my inbox, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that guy again? Um, this Kyle Larson, um, so on Monday, police put out another warning uh, about Kyle Larson. He's a convicted uh, child sex offender, and over the past number of years, EPS has put out releases when he has been, you know, up for release and has been released back into the community uh police believe that he is at risk to reoffend, and you know this you know this and i know this that people get really po'd when they see someone with a history like this get released back into the community i think it's important to to make clear though because i think edmonton police take a lot of uh, you know take it on the chin uh in cases like this because i think it's you it's eps releasing a sex offender back into the community that's not the case no, that's correct. I mean, we do not uh, release individuals, uh, obviously, from a jail setting or, or any other court. We do, we're not the ones responsible for release. And, you know, obviously, when we make releases, as you refer, uh, refer to in 
that. What we come into play is what can we do from that point of release to ensure that we're being proactive to try to actually, uh, with some of the resources and things available to us, how do we ensure that whether it's a monitoring or a situation to, to try to ensure, based on our best efforts, that he doesn't reoffend. So, unfortunately, that, that happens. Um, you know, it's not for us to, again, to jump into something and uh, and um, uh, argue on that whether he should or shouldn't have been we we don't have a position in that so uh, all we can really do is try to take the necessary steps in our community to try and attempt to ensure this doesn't happen or then another offense doesn't happen so um you know do i think that this whole particular thing in relation to the critical look at the justice system and how we keep serious repeat offenders uh, behind and keep our community safe you know i i, I I certainly think that's something that uh, you know we we have to look at. And at a time when you're dealing with everything we're dealing right now with COVID and stuff and all the frustrations, it's very clear that we got to separate the conversation between these serious individuals that create a lot of harm in our community than our vulnerable population. That you know, uh, there's other reasons and other ways that we have to deal with them. These are not the same things, and you know, Edmonton sure has our share of both. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Chief, before I let you go, I know that um, I think you were out of town when it happened, but you did respond to it when it came back. The situation with um, the, the the group of uh, unhoused people during that cold, cold snap being moved out of the LRT system, where they were, where they were, um, you know, trying to stay warm and, and grab something to eat. I know there was a lot of attention on that, a lot of focus on that. There was a lot of um, a lot of people really PO'd about what happened there. I think on on a number of different areas. Uh, can you tell me where that has moved since then with, you know, um, with the relationship with the community, with trying to figure out what happened and, 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 and best practices, when we look at best practices, you know, what do we do moving forward? I mean, I would have thought the best practices would have been in place before. Yeah, you know, and, and Jillian, you make good points. And, you know, at the time you mentioned I was out of town and, and Deputy Chief Murphy uh, was representing me and he, you know, apologize that we didn't finish the call, and and we stand behind that. We didn't finish the call. Uh, the the point that you made, I think, that's probably as important uh, is why do we not have a system in place? So we're working with the city of Edmonton. You know, cold weather protocol, which I I agree, probably something that we should have had quite some time ago, um, and and that's our goal and our intent. And I think we got to go further than that. And you know, things like homeless camps and and some of the things that are, are soon to pop up. I think I heard you just before this mention it's plus eight. I think we got to get proactive on some of these things and figure out what is the solution and, and what is that threshold. Um, in relation to the Bear Clan, we have reached out to the Bear Clan, obviously, uh, and, and continue to talk with them. I mean, they're, they're a partner in the community. And in relation to the actions, you know, uh, certainly that's in a PSB investigation, and we'll look into it. And if there's lessons from that, we'll, we'll learn them and, and we'll move on. Uh, but the point on this whole thing is, um, you know, uh, it's not about a lawful authority because they were asked to be there. What it really is about is what options are we going to start to do uh, in relation to our vulnerable population because, you know, the other side of that too is uh, the LRT, the business community, uh, you know, they have needs too in relation to trying to have uh, some of these points that uh, aren't shelters uh, being used as shelters. So it's a delicate balance, um, certainly. 
certainly a cold weather uh, should change that and, and, and does change that and something we'll look at. But, uh, you know, we're all in and uh, in relation to finding better solutions for the city. And, and I think that's uh, that's the, the biggest opportunity that we have because, um, uh, you know, the cold weather, we live in Alberta, the cold weather's coming again. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Chief, uh, every time I have you on, it seems like I'm I'm piling on, uh, on the Edmonton Police Service. There's a lot of things that are that have been in the spotlight over the past uh, year or so. Um, and, and I wonder sometimes what that does to, you know, what Edmontonians think about about their police service in the end, you know, maybe uh, causing them some concern about uh, the police service or maybe just the community itself that they're living in when they see some of these things happening what do you say to those folks who who might have concern well you know uh, i would say a couple things first of all you have a very professional police service with a lot of great men and women both sworn and civilian that do a great job for for this city each and every day are we going to make some mistakes absolutely are some of the mistakes going to be investigated and do we need to make changes yes there will be times that we need to do that but i can assure you as somebody coming in from the outside that's been around policing and around uh, communities for a long time uh, we have a lot of opportunity here, and it's actually the reason I was brought in, actually, by the commission is, what are the things that we need to look at differently going forward? We were well on our way to making a lot of changes in the EPS uh, uh, way before any of these things hit, and they all hit at the same time. I mean, obviously, downturn of the economy, George Floyd, COVID-19, all of those things have, uh, obviously, have a lot of people hurting in your community, and when, when people are hurting and losing jobs, it, it actually puts more demands on policing a lot of the case and, and the time. But our officers have responded uh, admirably. Uh, they've been brave. Uh, you know, they haven't asked questions. Yes, they're taking it on the chin, some some that we deserve and, 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 and a lot that we don't. But uh, I'll assure you that if there's changes that we need to make, we'll do that as a group and we'll work with our community because that's who we are and that's what we signed up for. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been quite a year, but it's been it's been a hard year for everybody, and I think there's a lot of COVID-19 fatigue. Now, all that said, um, between uh, what we're looking at right now, I think we're actually probably headed to. We haven't got the final numbers yet, but we might have one of the best crime reduction years that we've ever had. So some of the stuff that we're doing, and COVID obviously plays a role in that too, but other things are still going up in, in other cities, and we're going to see one of the one of the better years. Uh, that said, do we have lots of work to do? Does this city have lots of work to do in relation to the vulnerable population, which is that feeder system into community safety and well-being? Absolutely, and, and we need to play a part in that, and that's my commitment to, to you, and that's the commitment of the Edmonton Police Service. But please never think that you don't have a professional police service because you very much do, and, and, and as I said, uh, uh, don't judge a bad action by an individual uh, because those things happen in every profession, and we certainly have our share, and we need to address them, but, uh, you know, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 times, many of these times go un, 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 unheard of because those officers are doing a great job, and, and, and our civilians, I don't want to leave them out too, they're they're really, really strong in relation to Edmonton Police Service, so that would be my message. There are great things happening within the Edmonton Police Service every day, as you say, that go uh, unnoticed and not talk, uh, talked about uh, in the news, so I always appreciate you coming on and, and, uh, and sharing your time and and speaking to uh, the audience. Chief McPhee, thank you for this. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, Jalen. Appreciate your time. All right.